The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottled, the marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottleneck. Hi, this is Steve Wiedemann, and welcome to another episode of Unbottleneck, the podcast where we try to help solve common internet marketing problems. Today, we're talking about harnessing the power of LinkedIn for your business. And our guest today is Judy Fox. Judy is a business visibility secret weapon for C-suite executives, business owners, and venture capitalists. By increasing their visibility, Judy accelerates businesses and entrepreneurs so they can confidently market and sell their services and products. After generating over 5 million views on LinkedIn in the last two years, Judy developed the LinkedIn Business Accelerator Method. Now over 200 of her clients are implementing the LinkedIn method in order to achieve significantly more business. Yahoo Finance is calling her one of the top 10 LinkedIn coaches to work with in 2021. And her accelerator program has generated over 3 million views in 2018, uh, average of 600 likes and comments per post, increased following from two to 23,000 in a year, uh, reversed engineered the whole process. And now her LinkedIn accelerator is um, on its feet and rocking something you should definitely check out. Judy, thank you so much for joining us and and talking with us today about harnessing the power of LinkedIn. Excited How are you doing? to be here. <laughs> that was a long intro. That was... I know. <laughs> I'm going to have to shorten and cutify it. I don't Not just all. results, resultify it. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing. That was fantastic. So I, I got the first question for you. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Is LinkedIn social media? in your opinion, because it is kind of a business thing, right? People think of social media like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, but a lot of, especially millennials maybe and, and younger audiences, they don't really think LinkedIn's a social network. Is it? Is LinkedIn social media? What's your take on, on that question and the core difference between the platform platforms? So I have to say it is now. I think the ability to do native video just flipped the platform on its head. (laughs) And also the ability used to be a place where it technically was always social media for anyone with a huge audience like Richard Branson, right? Like I got his name right, Sir Richard Branson there. Sure, yeah, I hope I got his name right. <laughs> or Sarah Blakely or the Gary Vaynerchuk. So you've got these people who had a platform. They could make content on LinkedIn right. and they could write articles and they could do a lot more with LinkedIn than the regular person because they were an in- LinkedIn influencer. Mm-hmm. But LinkedIn's opened up the gates to understand that we all are leaders. We all can create content and put our voices out there. And I really appreciate that that kind of got unleashed on everybody. (laughs) The ability to write your article, write your post, start a newsletter, put a native video out there. It really unlocked things on LinkedIn, the merge between business and social media. Right. I've noticed a difference. If you're on Facebook and you do a really heavy business post on your personal profile, People are kind of turned off by it, like, what? We want to hear about you and who you are and what's going on in your life right now. Then if you do the, the opposite in LinkedIn and you post a, a funny antidote or story or 
you know, or, or meme or something as, as your post, people are like, Hey, this isn't Facebook. <laughs> I do think it's funny when I see the Facebook police, it, it feels like it's Facebook versus LinkedIn. And I don't know why they pick just those two, but it's like, this isn't Facebook and that belongs somewhere else. And just to even touch on a touchy one, politics is extremely um, sensitive for people that police and say, that doesn't belong here. Well, here's here's the thing. It does, and here's my opinion for why it belongs. Every single business is dealing with taxes, regulations, compliance. Those are business conversations that if we don't have them and if we don't have smart people talking about these subjects, experts, then how are people going to get access to new regulations, new conversations? What is coming so you know how to reach out to people in your community level. I'm not sure. talking about national politics. I'm just talking about communities trying to make decisions for their local, um, you know, their local offices and local situations. And it's politics is business. Like to, so when, we, you're, when you're in a business social network, yeah. is it, is it more appropriate to, to be less uh, emotional and a little more kind of bipartisan in, in a sense, or um, like in Facebook, you can just lash out. I'm pissed. I'm having a horrible, horrible day, and everybody jumps in. Oh, what's wrong? What's going on? And LinkedIn is it more appropriate to say, "Hey, I'm concerned about," or is anyone else concerned about? As opposed to, "I hate," or you know, "This pisses me off." Or you know. a leadership level of conversation on LinkedIn is what really gets visibility and what truly can get you business. Right. So some of the people I see doing it really well are yourself, <laughs> and. What, what were you going to say? I had help. Hashtag talk rocks. <laughs> and also when I think of somebody like Jackie Hermes, I hope I say her last name. I'm, I just, I'm like, it's Jackie. So <laughs> what I see her post from owning a business. So she has a SaaS B2B company mm -hmm. and she is posting in a way that opens up curious questions from a leadership voice. Instead of getting up in a meeting, it's the equivalent of standing up in front of her team and saying, here's what I see coming. Here's what I see happening in our industry. Do you have any ideas for how we're going to approach this or solve it? Or what can we learn from this? Or like, what are you also kind of struggling with? How does a leader show up when you want to get your team to open up to you about their struggles? That's right. the exact same way you think about being on LinkedIn. I remember seeing something like that in Quora a while back. Somebody had asked the question of um, you know, what's missing in social media? And I remember just coming up with what I thought was the biggest long form best answer of anything ever. But because I didn't have clout on Quora, my answer got buried. And mm -hmm. somebody who was more well known had some short blurb and he got all the votes. And I was like, all right, I'm done with Quora. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's definitely... I like to tell people, delete the word LinkedIn is professional, delete it. LinkedIn is leadership. I think professional catches people and freezes people because I'm not going to work when I was in the corporate space. Mm -hmm. The biggest message I was getting from my bosses, and of course, I don't know what other people are getting, but I know what I was getting. Uh -huh. I was getting, how do I become a better leader? Right. I wasn't getting lessons on how to become more professional because professional just to me seems buttoned up mm -hmm. and it seems less vocal-ish. It, it doesn't imply I'm doing something with it. It seems very static in time. Nobody, nobody wants to follow 
a professional. So they right. Want to Isn't that true? Like we talk yeah. about leadership. And so I think change the concept of what you think about LinkedIn just with that one sentence, that Quora high vote uh, blurb that would just get all the likes and votes. LinkedIn is leadership. <laughs> I love it. So link, I, that's that's actually I'm going to put that in the comments too. I think that's fantastic. Um, can you can you give us a little background on this LinkedIn Business Accelerator? I mean, uh, what is it, and and how did you get started with it? So. I joined LinkedIn right before I was about to move international and I had taken a leave of absence or now they call it furlough. But in the 2008 crisis, I got faced with, okay, you have, I had a full-time amazing job that I loved, but I was faced with, you know, uncertainty and the company had a lot of uncertainty because they were in the building industry. I was literally working for United States Gypsum Corporation, which is a sheetrock supplier. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's, that's getting cut if there's no housing starts. Um, and what happened was that leave of absence turned into me understanding and networking. So I spent a solid amount of time with less things to do. <laughs> and I, 2009 was my year of just spending a crap ton of time on LinkedIn. It sounds like some people would say, what? That doesn't make any sense. But I challenged myself during that time to send one just custom, what are you up to? I wasn't trying to pitch them. I just was trying to reach out to my past network to network to my next job because I knew when I got back from traveling after a whole year and I had rented out my townhouse, I was going to finally need income. I was going to finally need a job. I had the, the, income, right? the ability to take a year off is yeah. basically what happened. So sure. that's incredible. They, they oftentimes people ask me, how did you become an expert in, you know, some of the things that I do? And I'm like, you know, I don't, really consider myself an expert. It's just something that I've, I've done so much and so often, especially in the early days when we didn't have all the, the tools to streamline it and, and take shortcuts and drag and drop things. You mm -hmm. know, it's a very manual, hard process. And so just doing it repetitiously, become it becomes sort of second nature to you. And I'm sure you, you took all of those those learnings and, um, and, and responses and response rates to things. And you said, you know what? I could build a program from this. I can actually teach people you know, what, what worked for me and how I, you know, was able to generate, you know, actual, you know, relationships and connections. Yeah, I had a, so I, I believe that we all can use coaches to fast forward us to things and niches that we didn't know could, we could be fast forwarded through. <laughs> right. And one thing and why I ended up launching and creating this LinkedIn business accelerator was because I was challenged by a coach to basically reverse engineer. She said, if that's your sweet spot, my background is chemical engineering. She said, why? What, what is stopping you from turning around and saying, if I was going to start over today on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. step one, step two, step three, what would you do? And I'm like, oh, well, that's second nature to me. And so I built it out. It's definitely one of those things that when you know so much and you've been doing it for so long, it does take a different mindset to go backwards. That's that's so true. And you know, the more I, more I think about the routine of doing anything, you know, like like you said, when someone's like, "Hey, could you write something down?" Like, I don't need to write it down. I can tell you right now. I've done it a million times. How do I how do I rank in local search results? Well, it's you know, data management. It's local landing page. It's you know, data like visibility reading. and reputation. <laughs> you do those four things repetitively. You'll rank in local and suddenly everyone's like, oh, my God, you know, you're like, I just say it so often that it's like it's like second nature. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Question for you. If you think 
you want to add LinkedIn to your content strategy. Um, you know, what's, let's, let's just think about this for a second. What I tell people a lot is to start by creating LinkedIn. This is something that you had said to me before. If you think you want to add LinkedIn to your content strategy, what you tell people is to start by just creating LinkedIn as the content pillar and then move that content to Facebook uh, because it works in that direction. Um, it's always easier to make your own content a little even more playful than to polish it up. Can you break that down and give our listeners a little bit of an example of how that might work? Yeah, I think what I was trying to say to any busy business owner who is saying, I want to add LinkedIn in 2021, for example, we tend to look in chunks of time spots. And I feel like we're going to come up soon into 2021. Right now, we're speaking November of 2020. And, and I'm not trying to not make this evergreen, by the way, but that's how we think. We think, okay, a new year's coming up. What do I want to accomplish this year? Well, if you want to accomplish adding LinkedIn anytime into your strategy, you're already probably spending time other places. So I think the biggest challenge I have with busy business owners, CEOs, um, anyone in the C-suite, in order to add something, the easiest thing is to take what you were already doing somewhere else. You're already creating content for Instagram. Stop creating it for Instagram. Create it for LinkedIn. Right. then make that your first place you're going to think of putting the content and then just put it out on Instagram. I'm not saying don't remove yourself from Instagram, just take what gets built because most of the time, and I've seen this over and over, I can create, and most of my clients now can create content for LinkedIn uh -huh. and way more easily move it to Instagram and make it a little more casual, a little more playful or dial back some of the maybe business aspect and turn it around. Don't have to reinvent the wheel. That's exactly. The it just, yeah. it's easier for our brains to go the other way sometimes. I did something interesting two months ago is I, I took the Facebook app. I was on my home screen on my phone and I moved it into my creator folder on my phone where my Instagram and other things I don't use very often are. And I moved my LinkedIn to where my Facebook app was. Nice. So it was more front and center. And now when I'm on my, my, my phone, I'm thinking, I got a few minutes. I want to create something. I want to do something. I see it there, front and center. I don't see Facebook. Um, I'll still get alerts on Facebook and I'll still respond and still be available. But I find that that's from a, what am I getting out of, of the time I'm investing in social media? I feel like LinkedIn, I'm getting so much more. I'm getting you know, new connections who, who genuinely want to, to learn about me and work with me. And Facebook, it's more about, will you be my friend? It's like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not sure where this this could benefit either of us other than just we need more friends, right? Yeah. Whereas in LinkedIn, it's like when hey, when you want to connect, it's not we be my friend. You want to connect, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to you know to, to market together, to, to cross promote together, to to give referrals to each other, um, to do podcasts and webinars together. Um, you don't really have that in Facebook. You know, you're not going to do a you know a, a jump on a, a direct message and say, Hey, you want to do a, uh, you know, a podcast about your biking trip this weekend, uncle Joe, right? It's, it's like, <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. So that's, that's a fantastic idea too. It's like just taking what you're already doing and just reinvesting that time into LinkedIn as a, a starting point. And that works for me. I mean, you can see the difference in what we've been doing and, and LinkedIn mm -hmm. just by, you know, a couple little changes in the daily habits and, you know, putting LinkedIn front and center. What, um, Oh, I was going to jump in and add just a micro thing to that, which is the speed of business is faster on LinkedIn than on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I will say Instagram has a pretty good speed of business. People are in a mindset to maybe purchase, maybe close on business. 
But Facebook versus LinkedIn, again, I'm running more of a business, a service, any business development or sales that I've done more in a sector of anything that is just more <laughs> engineering, um, being a consultant, all of that, even being a coach, I feel like Facebook, to be honest, seems a little skeptical. There's way more touch points to decide you're a legit business and I want to work with you and spend thousands of dollars, whereas LinkedIn's ready to go. Like, they just need to know you have the social capital, the proof, the referrals, the recommendations, and they're ready to do business. Which is easy to see because your profile is basically a resume. Where your profile on Facebook's, here's where I live and here are the sports I like. Yeah, worst part is you think you're connecting with somebody on Facebook who might be a good business contact. And then you immediately get a direct message spam of, I'm guest blogger, I write for your site. And you're like, you're a writer? And how did you, don't, don't friend somebody just to spam them, you know, it's not cool. So yeah, <laughs> really burn on that. Biggest mistakes businesses and individuals are making on LinkedIn. What do you think? Um, you're making a mistake by not being on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, you're not. You're making a mistake by not working with me on LinkedIn. I'm just kidding. I'm being. Fun. Oh, I can, I can vouch for that one for sure. <laughs> uh, the biggest mistake is being too self-focused. Okay. And the platform, I love to assume, make the assumption the platform is pretty smart. Yeah. I think when you enter into the platform and you assume they need you, they need your help, assume instead that the platform doesn't really need your help. They need your support. They need to pick your brain, but that's different than needing your help. Because I feel like this energy of I'm here to help you, Mm -hmm. it actually creates a hero that needs to rescue a victim. And that creates a weird dynamic that the platform can see it and they don't really let people are like, I don't know how to like and comment. And and I'm saying it goes from the direct messages to the posting. Just don't try to be the hero. You're not there to get on LinkedIn and save anyone by helping them. You're there to be a supportive um, peer Mm -hmm. because you can show up to support your colleagues and peer, which actually positions you very nicely next to people who are your peers and that is good social capital but you were not here to rescue your peers so i feel like too many people jump on linkedin and they were like i'm here to help i'm here to serve and the platform doesn't resonate with that sure that's fascinating yeah i never thought about it that way and in fact when i first started linkedin i did it completely wrong i jumped in and i'm like me 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 here's a video i did and here's a article i wrote and here's some stuff you might like and it was like you know uh what's the word I want to use? It was tumbleweeds through the desert. You're like, what is going on? This is not working. I'm creating amazing stuff. You know, is this too much push, you know, without being asked for it? And I think, I think you're right. The approach is find, find where there's the people that are struggling and say, you know, Hey, and they may need your help. It's not that they don't need it. They just don't want to be told that you are the one to help them. They don't want to be, yeah. They don't want to be forced like that. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. They don't want to be even like forced to the water. (laughs) Like they want to come to your content and consume it and be like, oh my gosh, that really helped me. It's the difference of you just removing your agenda and just making high intention that it will help people, but not forcing it with such an energy of this will help you. Like- <laughs> is, uh, leave, leave the ego on Instagram. Got it. 
Yeah. Come here to, you don't have to tell us you're here to serve us. You're going to just do it through your actions. Your actions are going to speak louder than your words. Mm -hmm. So yes, be there, mm -hmm. take action, give what you want to get. So you sit down on LinkedIn and say, what do I want to get from LinkedIn and think about how to go give it. That's an amazing idea. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about your experience filming a video every day for four years and how, how did that uh, come up and what changes or transformations happened for you along the way? Wow. So that goes back to my journey, which I told you I signed on a LinkedIn right mm -hmm. at the edge of 2008, 2009. Right. And I loved it. I actually had a piece of content um, and I'm sure you would appreciate this, but I didn't know there was a website that you could track how many people have shared a piece. <laughs> so a piece that I had created on my blog and then I had, you know, moved it out everywhere online, I found out it had been shared over 7,000 times. No way. Yeah, 7,000 shares in 2012, 2013. So that period of time. And that got me so much visibility that if I had known back then <laughs> what I understand now, but you have to under, you have to have it happen. Like you have to know there's a formula and I loved researching. Why do things go viral? Why does this work? Why did pe why did people share that 7,000 times? And mm -hmm. I don't even, sometimes I look at that and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> but I <laughs> just I do this again? research yeah. that, that you could find out something that scrapes the internet to find out all the shares. I didn't right. even know existed that's a big yeah there's, there's a lot of really neat tools out there i remember back in the, the 2000s one of the things that that i did because i was frustrated i was trying to find a solution to a problem and uh, search engines were useless and i'm like this this is not helpful so when i finally figured out what the problem was i started blogging it i would say hey are you stuck trying to figure out why your time warner internet goes down at one in the morning well here's what's going on and here's how i fixed it and I got all sorts of comments. You saved my life. This is amazing. How come there's nothing online? And um, or or a simple thing like um, like with Google Ads, you couldn't create multiple accounts at some point. So it was it was really difficult to create a new Google account to add a new customer back in the day before they made it easier. And so I wrote, I did a video and I showed people how I figured it out and how to get around it. And it has like twenty three thousand views. I'm like, wow. And and in SEO to get twenty three thousand views back in the two thousands is you know, because no one even knew what that was back then. So that was kind of <laughs> neat. But yeah, so you you find you find problems that you can't find the solution to yourself, and then you be the creator. You create the answer. Mm -hmm. Whether you're putting it on LinkedIn or Quora or or your own website, you know, or Medium or you know any site that we know gets a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. Um, you know, you're you're solving problems that you know that you figured out on your own because what you found in search wasn't helpful. Yeah. So that experience, and then. I was kind of on a trajectory where I had literally hit a post with 7,000 views. I was keeping, I was going to keep posting and com content and I was starting to film video, more video. Mm -hmm. And then I got hit with a personal family crisis and mm -hmm. that hit me really, really hard. Um, I ended up kind of starting, not kind of, I started my life over at 38 and I'm 44 now. So that's a, and to give you a little range there, so you, that you was 2014. <laughs> yeah, so I was tw it was 2014, 38 years old. I packed up whatever I could in my car, and I started life over with what I could fit in a Mazda 5 and my kid. <laughs> 
And that was my life. I had, I was running my own business. LinkedIn was my world. I took myself off every other social media platform. Like I didn't delete my account, but I went total silence. No Facebook likes, no, no interaction, no commenting, nothing, zero activity. And the only activity was LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And then that's when I found there was an app called one second a day Okay. That encourages you to take a video every single day and gives you a little reminder on your phone. And I did that because I was going through stuff, such a tough time emotionally. And just, I loved making content, but I wasn't making content. I didn't make, I didn't make content publicly for four years. Wow. So, I mean, behind the scenes, I was DMing. I was still running a thriving business. I was still closing contracts. LinkedIn was my world. But it was all behind the scenes LinkedIn. Right. Like I was one of those people that would like, not like your posts. I would see Steve in the newsfeed and I would send him a direct message. I just saw this post. It was great. You just didn't want to be public. As much. I didn't want anyone to see any of my activity online. And just to be really blunt, people can take whatever you say on social media and use it against you or twist yeah. it. And I'm not trying to be negative, but that's what I was facing. I was concerned with what I was currently going through. So right. I... Right. Uh, and you made it through, though. You're, I am you're through. Rough. And the moment my first post, my very first post when I came through that whole situation, it went to me, it went viral. It was over 12,000 views oh in God. a day. Jeez. My first great. post right after coming out of the four years. And then so. and then you just, you, you saw that number and you were just like, I and got then it, it was like 100,000 and then 50,000 and then. <laughs> I, and then a million, I had half a million on a post within the next eight months because, and I will say, I have to remind myself, I did understand it. I just took myself and went silent. And then I came out and somebody said that four years probably changed how your brain worked. I wasn't as attached anymore to any thing that I probably was on social media before because I came on with a different mindset. That's incredible. And video for four years on your phone that nobody ever sees gets you really comfortable on video. I have to try that. Yeah. I, I, I don't do it. It's weird. If yeah. nobody's going to see it, you can be whatever you want to be. <laughs> and then, yeah, you just, you just get in the habit of it. And then, and then you, you could probably even in your mind pretend like, Hey, this, this, you know, is getting seen, you know, and just kind of practice. And then you get to a place where like, all right, I'm really going to do it this time. <laughs> yeah. Pointed the camera at myself for any reason. And the whole point was actually to document me and my son and to have memories and not because how many memories was I creating because I was posting on Facebook? Yeah. I was actually creating a lot more memories because I was thinking about posting on Facebook. But now I was creating memories and actually accidentally got really freaking good on camera <laughs> because I was just trying to maintain a feeling of reminding myself there's really good moments during each day. Right. That's, oh. that's just a really interesting concept. And if, if you're listening to this, I, I would try it for a week just to, just to get yeah, the experience of doing it, you know? And now I have a video com compilation. I've only made one where I compiled all the seconds and I compiled it into a video and it's, I put it on LinkedIn. It's a cute video. It's me and my kid. So oh, we got to put the link in the okay. sure. <laughs> cute video. So a minute ago, I mentioned uh, solving problems. And one of the things that we do in the SEO world is we use tools and even um, uh, questions people search for that you find in the search results. Do you take a keyword-driven approach to bios, posts, and other content on LinkedIn? Um, obviously, we're always paying attention to 
you know, the keyword use and optimization in SEO, but I'd be curious, um, you know, how much you feel it's helped you in your efforts in LinkedIn? It's a thousand percent helped. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever had any official SEO. Like I, I was always fascinated by what gets visibility and you can figure out what gets visibility by going out and figuring out SEO and understanding why these keywords matter, who's searching, how much search volume, how much people want to see that topic. Right. That will impact what you write anywhere on social media. I don't care what platform it is. Mm -hmm. If that topic is needed, that is a quote unquote potential viral topic, how you phrase it, how you package it, how you put it out. And so I have a client that we wanted to make a post about how recruiters are ghosting, um, you know, clients or whatever it is. There was a topic about ghosting. So I took the word ghosting in recruiting okay. and I put it out on Google and I used all of my tools and I didn't even know some tools that existed. I'm just probably Google going around playing everywhere. <laughs> but what I found out was that there was a higher amount of people searching for a certain phrase. And then I also went into the literal looking for this phrase on LinkedIn and what posts went viral. You can find what post with this phrasing has gone viral on LinkedIn. Interesting. So if you want to just reverse that, <laughs> I then was able to come up with the title and the edits and the copy that would go viral. And so it went to about 20, 30,000 views, which wow. I think is perfect. But the first edits, it was not going to go viral. I, it had to have that research to know that there was already a viral article on the topic. We weren't creating an article. We were putting out a video. So, yeah, you're, you're and it was how to stop ghosting. I love it. People wanted to know how to stop ghosting. That was what it ended up becoming. That is so cool. So yeah, I, I, so again, for those folks who are listening, do your research. <laughs> and if you need need ideas for keywords, Google search, you'll find the top things on the first page and just look at those titles. Yeah. Look at what got brought up. That's an interesting concept. Um, professional, the professional uh, personal divide. Do you restrict personal posts to other platforms only? Or, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, have there been times uh, you know, when you've broken the rule? So since 2014, I haven't really broken too much of that wall. Okay. I I think mainly because, I mean, hmm, how do I say this? Um, you know, I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but I ended up because of custody. Mm -hmm. um, people can grab anything on social media ever you've ever said and then try to put it against you to literally, for me personally, to have my own words read back to me in a court. <laughs> wow. I will never say something on social media again that I would not be willing to have read back to me in court. Once you've experienced it, it is such a gut-wrenching experience that I, I literally could – I just can't do it. It's drilled in me that – I, I remember before that um, that that is something because I was on the edge of the legal field in the environmental world, sure. but it's true. You really don't want to ever put in writing. And now with how much video, how much we can record each other, how much goes viral online because we make some mistakes Quickly. somewhere, mm -hmm. the cancel culture. I'm not walking around the earth being private to my close friends and family. <laughs> I think that's different. 
but I'm not going to put it in writing. I really won't. If I have a vent, you're going to be hanging out with me and I'll, I'll vent then. <laughs> it's actually a smart idea too. If, if you, if you think about it, that, that's that phrase, right? When it's uh, once it's online, it's permanent. right? <laughs> and so, um, and, and people can take down things, but by the time they do, so many people have already taken a screenshot of it and, you know, it's, it's there forever. Um, even, you know, even the president will, will tweet some things and, um, you know, someone will say you shouldn't have done that and they'll take it down, but it's, it's too late. They're already <laughs> already all over the news. Speaking of controversial topics and like politics, uh, controversial question for you. Have you opened an account on Parler or Rumble? And uh, even if you're not an advocate of those platforms, do you see any value in following those, those spaces? I love the controversy. Um, I have not been on either of those platforms. I've never heard of Rumble. I've heard of Parler mainly because of just being on Facebook. I don't, I probably, because of 2014, I feel like that's like my, my timeline where I was like Facebook now. <laughs> um, I spend some time over there, but I just really don't. I, I try to stay out of any of the drama, the venting. Mm -hmm. I am my my comment back on something controversial on Facebook, I just don't think it's going to change anybody's mind. That's right. my opinion. So. I always felt the same way. And some people are like, you, you have to have a voice. It's your obligation. And these I have my voice on LinkedIn. Media, a filter-free place that you can say whatever you want. And just like, I don't know. I feel like if I, even if I read something on, on those sites, um, I get tense up and I feel stressed and anxious. And is it worth it? Yeah, know. so that's why I, I don't, I'm not attracted to go over to any of the places that I'm not worried. I'm not worried that like, oh, I wish I was on all these other sites because I need to move over there. My whole thing is I, I truly and honestly can get way more involved in my local politics and probably make more of a difference by being in my local community, going to my local events, mm -hmm. um, to be really blunt, I just don't know if anything I say or say on public on social media is going to change the public yeah. situation that we're currently going through. I'm more likely to impact a friend and a family or somebody here in my and, neighborhood. And feel the impact from it immediately, whereas when you when you post it out on the on the web, it just becomes part of the noise, you know. So my, my, my neighborhood, I could talk to a neighbor and I feel like that ripple effect is literally, it's, it sounds crazy, but we forget how much impact just one good conversation with a real neighbor who you see in person. Mm -hmm. I just, I have a hard time with the, all of the online, like everything is so crazy. Um, yeah. Definitely, so. definitely something everyone should, should think about for sure. And, and even if you are still interested in, in, you know, voicing an opinion on on these networks do it in addition to doing something locally you know step outside and look around and see you know where you can make a difference locally i love that idea so let's uh let's talk one more time about this linkedin accelerator um it's we've we've been part of this program and it's it's intense there's a lot of work involved it's worth every penny of it um, we just had you know, a post get take... 200 comments for you. I was like dying. I was like, we're two comments away. I'm just going to go in and of that content. I, I've been bragging about it all week. <laughs> so, but I so, did uh, the work I did for that. I went on Facebook. I went oh, all these places to find the most viral pieces of that type of post. Okay. So that was the work that goes behind that. How do you take it from these? And sometimes people see it as small tweaks, but they're really the final thing that I can see 
oh, it went viral on Facebook because X, Y, Z. You said it this way and it was phrased and it had these markers that we don't even realize as a consumer of content that that is the thing that got us to engage. That's true. So how, how would somebody get signed up with this accelerator? You have a, a site that they could go to or do they just um, you know, tag you on LinkedIn and, and, and pay me some money. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I actually really prefer, and I will see how long I want to do it this way, but I interview everybody. They interview me and I interview them. So I do 30 minute calls and then I'll send you the packages. I have them pretty organized with here's what I offer. Mm -hmm. And that's the process. I appreciate that I'm working with a real person, a real team. And mm -hmm. I have to know that it's going to make sense because I don't want anyone to work with me and then feel like they're frustrated or they had different expectations for LinkedIn. Yeah. It's really not a place that you maybe use the same as some other platforms. So you do have to spend a little bit of time. We spent four weeks going through kind of the modules to say, here's the mindset of LinkedIn. Here's you're going to have to connect different dots and it doesn't mean you have to spend all day every day, but at the beginning, it does take that work to work up to a 200 comment post, but I can fast forward you in four weeks much faster yeah. than a lot of people try to get on and do it themselves. So was that a long answer? Get on a no. call with me, book a call. I have a Calendly link in my profile or on my website. It says pounce like a fox on a call with Judy Fox. <laughs> Love it. Judy, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for taking time to hang out with our, our listeners and even our, our vlog as we as we throw this up on uh, on YouTube here soon. Um, any any final words for uh, for those listening or, or any advice for people, you know, just, um, you know, still kind of on the edge about whether they want to start getting on LinkedIn and, and doing some marketing? You can't have fun on LinkedIn. I love it. And it doesn't have to be the spammy experience that a lot of people are negative about. Yeah. I just believe you can experience an amazing time on LinkedIn and meet incredible people like Steve and Brian and the rest of the team that I have met. So thank you. Thank you, Judy. Well, thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you all in the next episode. Thanks for listening. 